Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Grace. Let's stand and sing together. We serve a God whose love for us is great, so let's sing about that together. Love is amazing and unchanging. Love is a mountain beneath my Love is a mystery, gently lift me, I am surrounded, love carries me, sing, sing hallelujah, 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 love makes me sing hallelujah, 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 love makes me sing, love is surprising, it's I'm 
We're going to spend some time in reflection on God's Word and spend a little time in confession uh, as well. Bow your heads as I read from Psalm 145. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Father God, as we think about your greatness, we are overwhelmed. You are so big. You are so mighty. You are so awesome. And we seek to proclaim your greatness from one generation to another. As we remember Mother's Day today, we thank you for mothers that have passed on the truths of how great you are. And Lord, we come together also as a people that, that confess that we often don't celebrate your goodness, that we often hide it in the things that we say and the things that we do, the things that we leave undone. And we confess that before you, Lord that we have often failed, that we've let each other down, that we've let you down. But we thank you for the forgiveness, we thank you for the grace and the restoration that you give us in your son Jesus, that you bring us back to yourself so that we can once again proclaim you and celebrate your goodness. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Time. 
first man Draw me to my knees So we can talk Let me feel your breath Let me know you're here Yeah. 
for our sins, God. And through your agony and death, God, you paid the penalty and God, you conquered sin and death. You rose and conquered the grave. Lord, I pray that God, that will be a fact that surfaces in our lives throughout this week. God, that we will preach the gospel with our words and with our actions. God, help us to hear your word now. Lord, we pray that you will teach us and make us more like you. It's your name I pray. Amen. Good morning again. If you will open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians, we're going to do a little detour this week. We have been in the pastoral epistles. We studied Titus for a little while. We've been in 2 Timothy. We'll go back to 2 Timothy for a few more weeks. Uh, but because it's Mother's Day, I wanted to take a little detour here in First Thessalonians. If you don't have a Bible, we've got some black Bibles under the chairs, and we're on page 986 in those Bibles if you'd like to look it up. Uh, but we'll be in First Thessalonians chapter 2, and uh, we see a lot of similar things in Paul's different writings. And in First Thessalonians, we pick up a lot of the themes that Paul has already been talk- talking about in Second Timothy, where we've t- been talking about uh, the idea of the church carrying on the mission Uh, that God has given to us to share Jesus Christ with the world. And Paul has been telling Timothy in 2 Timothy to keep going, to keep fighting and to not get drawn in with these false teachers uh, that are faking it and playing games and trying to draw people away and some kind of cult of personality and and just trying to sham people. And Paul's saying, don't don't go that route, Timothy, but but continue to be faithful. And he's going to talk about a lot of these same concepts in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, And in 1 Thessalonians, he even goes so far as to say that good ministry is like mothering. 
And so I thought, hey, perfect tie-in today with Mother's Day. Um, what we see with, with mothers is we see really this impossible task, right? For those of you that are moms, it's, it can be a hard job sometimes, right? Uh, it can be a thankless, it can be a difficult job. Uh, your, your goal as a mother is to, is to share God's love, his justice, his goodness uh, with these little people that aren't always the most receptive, right? Um, you, you sometimes have sin in your own life that makes it difficult. Uh, sometimes your children might, might have sin in their life as well. Um, we, we live in this broken world. It, it's hard sometimes to do this. And, and really it's parallel to the task that God has called the church to. That God has called the church to share his love with the world. And, and it's not always well received and it's a lot of hard work. And Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians 2 that ministry, true ministry, it is like mothering at its, at its best. Um, a lot of times, moms, you, you think you're going to, you kind of have this fantasy picture of what it's going to be like to have a mom, maybe, to, or to be a mom before you become a mom, and you think about kind of all the wonderful rewards of it, um, and sometimes it's not that rewarding, right? Sometimes things go wrong. Um, this morning, actually, something happened to my own wife um, that, that I just wanted to share with you real quickly, if you don't mind, if that's okay with you. Um, we, my daughter had really wanted to make her some chocolate-covered strawberries. Uh, my daughter's just turned 13 and can basically make anything. But we, we ran out of time, so I told her, hey, babe, I'll just go buy some for mom. We'll have some chocolate-covered strawberries for mom in the morning. So I go to the store early this morning before she wakes up, and they're out. Except I, I see, hey, there's, there's one left here on the table. Actually, there were two in these individual packages left on the table. And I go and ask her, can I get a big pack, you know, so we can share with the kids. No, we don't have any more, you know, chocolate ready. And there's this big rack of strawberries behind it that aren't covered in chocolate. So I just buy the one single. I'm like, okay, well, at least we got one we can give mom for breakfast, and the rest of us will just have to fend for ourselves. Um, it's Mother's Day after all. So we, uh, we bring that home, and uh, right before we leave, the kids hug mom, tell her happy Mother's Day. And I'm taking the kids early because she had a meeting this morning. And so we're, we're pulling out of the driveway, and she's going to eat her chocolate-covered strawberry by herself. Um, and so we're leaving, and she comes running out the door with the plate. And she's like, I couldn't hear what she was saying. I was like, what? We roll down the window. She's like, it's a jalapeno. <laughs> she, she thought it was like a, a Mother's Day prank of some kind, some sort of, some sort of sick and evil prank. It, I swear, and I shouldn't swear. Let, let my yes be my yes and my no be my no here. I'm telling you, I didn't know that it was a jalapeno, okay? I did not know. I just saw this chocolate thing that was kind of round and long, and it was kind of pointy. <laughs> She's like, it was shaped like... Okay, she did actually ask me right when she saw it this morning, is that a jalapeno? I was like, no, it's just a pointy strawberry. So... so. So if you ever go to the bakery at HEB, be very careful to read the label before you take anything chocolate out of its package. Read the label first. Pay attention to the fine print. Um, well, anyway, Mother's Day is not always as rewarding as we might like it to be, um, but God still calls us to uh, this ministry, to share his love with others. Whether, whether it's always rewarding or not, whether it's like getting a big bite of jalapeno or whether it's a bite of strawberry... Um, we never know what's going to happen. But, but this is the call of the church and the call of mothers is to love those that God brings into our life. So, so read with me. We're in 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 3 through 9. Paul says, Our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. 
For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, although we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that your word uh, would speak to us this morning, that you would teach us, that your spirit would come and, and help us to hear what you have to say about mothering, about being your church, about being your children, Lord. Father, I pray for those that are struggling this morning, that have painful memories, that are missing someone that they love, that have struggled to have a child but have not been able to, some that have lost a child. Lord, we, we pray for those that are hurting and pray that your spirit would, would be with them, that your tenderness would, would be present, and that they would feel your, your closeness as their good shepherd leads them to good things. Lord, we pray that you would teach us how to, how to be your representatives in this world. That you communicate to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, mothering is an, an awesome illustration of the gospel, I believe. I mean, it's just one of these basic pictures that God has given us in the world so that, that even if you come from maybe a difficult circumstance, you know what it's supposed to be like, so you still have that picture. So even if you were shown the wrong picture, you, you have an idea of what the right picture is, right? You, you know what it's supposed to be like. You understand this concept of unconditional love and tenderness. And, and this is a picture of God's love for us in the gospel. It's this picture that God gives all of us to show us who he is, to give us an insight into his character. That even though the world is a painful, broken, messed up world, that God loves us. That God has a tenderness towards us. This was really dramatic uh, in the earthquake that happened a few years ago in Iran. I don't know if y'all remember the, the earthquake in 2003 in Iran. It was one of the deadliest earthquakes uh, that have happened in the last 10 or 20 years. It was really horrible. There were many people that died. Um, and after 37 hours of digging through rubble, uh, they found a child that was still alive uh, because the child was being cradled and the arms of its mother who was killed in the earthquake. Uh, so they found this, this mother who died sheltering, cradling, protecting her child, um, sacrificing herself for the life of her little one. And, and that's a beautiful picture of what God has done for us in the gospel, that Jesus sacrificed himself for us so that we could have life. And it's very basic to, to mother is to nourish and to feed and to give life to others. And so whether you are a mother that may feel like you failed in some ways, um, or whether you feel like your mother may have failed you in some ways, or maybe things are great and God is good to you, I think no matter what your situation, uh, mothering should point us to God and to his goodness. There's this great quote in Isaiah 49 and in verse 15 that says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? It's a rhetorical question. I mean, the answer is supposed to be no. No, a mother couldn't do that. A mother couldn't not love her child. But here's the answer. God says, though she may forget, I will not forget you. And that's God's promise to us. E even if a mother does forget, yeah, a mother's never supposed to forget. A mother's supposed to be the picture of perfect love, right? Um, but none of us live up to that all the time. And God says that even if a mother does forget, 
God promises he will never forget us. And that's the promise that we have in the gospel. And, and so Paul says that when, when we bring the gospel to people, when we are his church, God's representatives, when we bring the gospel, we should do it like a mother, uh, without pretext, without flattery, not condemning, not taking, but giving to people. And we see this kind of, I broke it down in a few different pieces. Um, surprise, surprise, it was actually broke it down into three little steps here. That, that may come as a surprise to you. But the first thing that we see is it's a ministry of trust. The first thing that we see is that the church should, should be trustworthy, should, should be honest, should not be trying to deceive or to fake people out, but should be real and be authentic. We see that in the first three verses, in, in 3, 4, and 5, Paul says, Our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. He says, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness. Saying we weren't trying to impress people. We were entrusted with this message that God gave us to share with you. And he said, here, here is this truth. Go share it with others. Paul says we weren't trying to squeeze money out of you. We weren't trying to impress you. We weren't trying to trick you into following Christ. But we were trying to faithfully share what's been shared with us. And mothers, you know this. You can't you can't deceive your kids. You can't trick your kids into thinking that you're something that you're not, right? I mean, mothering and, and fathering is this way too. Really, any family dynamic, you, you see each other at your worst, don't you? You can't fake it. You can't, like, pretend to be this uh, and then come home and still keep up that act. But, but when you're home, they, they see you for who you really are. And in that situation, when, when you fail, when people see you, at your worst. That's when we really need the gospel. That's when we need the good news of a God that forgives us even though we do fail. He forgives us. He gives us more grace and encourages us to continue loving, to accept his forgiveness, to ask the forgiveness maybe of our children or others that we've hurt, and to keep trying, to continue trying to love others. I think churches have to be real careful about this, this idea of of deceiving people or trying to trick people into the gospel. It, it's real popular these days, and, and uh, it's hard to judge, you know, what's, what's right and what's wrong, but sometimes our motives, I think, can get a little off where we think that we can actually kind of manipulate people into the kingdom. You know, if the church is flashy enough, if it's big enough, if it's bright enough, if it's shiny enough, if it's new enough that the people will be drawn in like a moth to the light, right, and, and be like, oh, wow, okay, now I love Jesus because this church is so impressive. Uh, and Paul is saying, that's not really how we communicated the gospel to you. We were very straightforward. We were very honest. We were very truthful with you. When I was thinking about this and this, this idea of flattery and being flashy and being deceptive, I was thinking of Times Square. I had a little picture here of some of the big signs. There's all these huge signs in Times Square. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I was just there about a month ago for a conference. And uh, it's just overwhelming. I mean, you're just kind of looking around and and uh, every time you go, I've been there 20 years ago, it just gets bigger and brighter and flashier. And there's more lights. And, and, you know, and the still sign is not enough, so then they have a moving sign. And then the moving sign's not enough, so then they have a TV screen. And the TV screen's not enough, so then they have a bigger screen. And, and it just gets bigger and bigger and flashier and flashier. And, and we, I think sometimes we, we get kind of sick of the, all the ads and all the flash and all the messages that are bombarding us all the time. I mean, I know I do. And I think... The watching world is not looking for the church to be flashier or to be more impressive than all the commercials that we see on TV. The, the watching world is, is looking for something that's authentic, that's real, that's not deceptive, that, that something that we can trust. 
And that's who we should be as God's people. Not trying to deceive, not trying to flatter, not trying to impress, but trying to speak the truth in love. And so a ministry, just like a mother, is not trying to trick or deceive or impress her kids. Her kids know who she is. Paul says in the same way as God's people, we're, we're not trying to impress. We're not trying to trick anybody. But we're trying to just communicate a ministry of trust and, and faithfulness and, and honesty. That to be real. Part of the gospel is that there's something wrong with us. A lot of people like to speak the part about God's love, God's grace to us, right? God is gracious, He loves us, and that's true, but there's also this idea of judgment, that we have failed, that there's something wrong. There was a reason that Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to absorb the wrath of God. God hates sin. He hates sin so much but he loves us so much that he's willing to sacrifice his son to absorb the wrath that he has towards sin and to forgive us and to give us life. That, that's the message of the gospel. It's not just the love, but it's also the justice, that, that there is a penalty for sin and there is something wrong with us. And so we shouldn't just flatter people. We shouldn't just say, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, but we should say, yeah, there is something wrong. It, it's wrong with me too. It's not just wrong with you over there and you over there. It's, it's wrong with me too. We're all broken, and God has a solution to that sin, to that brokenness, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. The, the next thing that, that Paul talks about is this idea of a ministry of affection, a ministry of affection that, that he's, he's, he was gentle towards them, that he loved them. We see this in 6, 7, and 8. He said, nor did we seek glory from people. So we weren't trying to take glory from other people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. He's saying we had an authority as apostles. We could have made demands on you. We could have laid a burden on you. He says in verse 7, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. It's a great verse there. Uh, a lot of people, that's one of their favorite verses. We shared with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves. In the NIV, it says, we shared with you our very lives. That we, we gave ourselves. We, we loved you. We had an affection for you. He says that's what true ministry looks like. True ministry is, is affectionate. You, you have a love for people. You're not just condemning people. Here's the other side of it, right? The, the true message uh, holds not just grace, but also justice. Well, the true message also, the other side of that is it's not just justice. It's not just the holiness of God. We're not called to just condemn people and say, you're wrong. We're called to say, God loves you. God has come after you. God is seeking you. Just like a mother loves her children. Our picture here is of a, of a mom showing her affection for a baby. Just that beautiful image. Of course, a mother loves her child. Just like it said in Isaiah 49. Could a mother forget her own child? No, of course not. That's crazy. A mother loves her child. There's something natural there. This, there's this drive. Sometimes... Some people might argue that a mother has a stronger drive there than, than even the father. I don't know. I, I love my children dearly, but when we go on vacation, I, I don't want to call the kids like every half an hour. I don't know if y'all are that way, but I, I think sometimes there's this drive that the mother has for her children, this biological drive that's, that's natural and that's beautiful. It's natural affection for her children. I found another picture of a mom kissing a baby there just to show that affection. And then I found this interesting picture here. And, and I show you this picture because I, I had, this is Yoda from Star Wars, if y'all don't know. Um, 
Yoda is this funny little alien creature in Star Wars. And I had a little Yoda figure when I was, I don't know, eight or nine or something. And I was showing it to my, my uncle one time, and he had not seen the movies. I can't believe he hadn't seen the movies. But I was showing him this, this little toy when I was a kid, and he just started laughing at this funny-looking little Yoda face. And he just started laughing. He said, that, man, that thing's got a face that only a mother could love. And I thought, oh, that, that was like when I first learned, okay, there's this natural affection that a mother has for her children. And I have to tell you, it was kind of scary, because then I thought, you mean I'm not the most beautiful young man in the world? So she's just been saying that? I mean, is that just her? It's not... Um, but that's another subject. Well, I'll deal with that with my counselor later. You don't have to worry about that. Um, but there's this natural affection, right, that, that a mom has for her children. And Paul says, really, that's, that's what true ministry is like. God loves us. God has an affection for us, and that pushes us out in love for other people. We don't do ministry. We don't serve people. We don't be the church. We don't do churchy things because we feel like God's hanging over us and we have to. We, we, we are the church because God loves us and because we love other people. We have this affection that's born out of God's affection for us. That's what it means to serve as God's people in the world. It's to be driven towards others out of this affection, this desire to love others. Not making demands on others, but being gentle because you have affection for them. He, he talks about in verse 7, we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. That, that picture of, of nursing a child, when you're nursing a child at, at its most biological level, you are giving nutrition to that child. The child is taking from you. The mother is feeding the child out of her own resources. Not taking, not demanding from the child, but giving to that child. And Paul says that's what real ministry is like. You're giving out of the overflow of what you have been given. You're giving out of the grace that's been given to you. You're loving others out of your own resources. You're not taking from them. You're not demanding from them, but you're loving them. And as I've said already, I know, I know many of you may not, not have had a good example of that. Or sometimes, moms, you, you might fail. I know as a father, we, we fail. We all fail as people. And, and the encouragement that we have in the gospel is that, that God doesn't fail, that he continues to give to us. That we may forget our child. We may forget our place to give and to love others, but God doesn't forget. God never ceases loving. He continues to give and to feed and to encourage us so that we can love others, so that we can have an affection for others the way that he first loved us, as it talks about in Romans. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That, that even though we didn't deserve that affection, even though we are, spiritually speaking, as ugly as Yoda, God has affection for us. God loves us. God reaches out and pursues us. The last thing that we see uh, in, this, uh, in this section is that it's a ministry of labor. It's a ministry of labor. He says in verse 9, for you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. But there's a reason that childbirth is called labor, right ladies? Those of you that have given birth, uh, it is hard work, isn't it? And it doesn't just stop there, right? The, the curse that we talk about in uh, Genesis 3 where God says there will be great difficulty in childbearing. Um, really, technically in the Hebrew there, it doesn't just mean delivering a child. It means raising a child. But the whole thing is difficult, right? The, the work doesn't stop as uh, soon as that baby is born. But, but the labor continues. I, I know for some people, this picture might remind you of what it feels like. Uh, <laughs> We have a chain gang breaking rocks on the side of the road here. It's hard labor, right? Some people just feel like it's a thankless 
job. I'm, I'm just in this grueling, hard labor. I'm working like on a chain gang, um, working myself to the bone. I want to encourage you that it's worth, it's worth it. You, you may feel sometimes like you're not being noticed. Um, you may feel sometimes like nobody sees, but God, God sees. God recognizes what you're doing. As Paul says, we're not, we're not doing these things. We're not loving you to please men, but we're doing these things to please God. He says that we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. That's one of the kind of interesting things that we try to emphasize at the beginning of each service, that if you're visiting with us, we, we really don't want you to, to give us any money. Um, we, we don't feel like it's wrong. Some churches pass a plate, and that's, that's not wrong. That's fine. You know, all these churches have different traditions, and that's no big deal. Um, but we do think it's important that you know that the gospel is free, um, that you don't have to pay to get a blessing from God. You don't have to pay to hear the word of the Lord, that, that it is free, and we work so that it's not a burden to you to receive grace and understand who God is. We, we do think that it's a natural overflow, that as, as you recognize the grace that God's given to you, as you feel rich in that grace that you'll want to share out of the overflow of what he's given to you. And we think that's a natural and good step, and we encourage members and people that have, that have already trusted in Christ and know who he is and know what he's done for them to share and to bless other ministries to partner with us in this ministry and to give throughout the community and throughout the world. But it's important that we make sure that people understand that, that God's grace is free. You, you don't have to work for it. It's not something you have to pay for. But God loves us. We love him because he first loved us, is what 1 John 4.19 says. And we need to remember that. Everything that we do, every ministry that do, we do, all of our labor is because of the labor that he did for us because he worked for us. In the gospel, the, the message is that Jesus lived this perfect life that we couldn't live. We could never work hard enough. Moms, I want to encourage you here. This is really important. I know a lot of you, a lot of your mothering is based on mom guilt. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mom guilt? Anybody know what that is? There's this mom guilt where you're comparing yourself to maybe what your mother did or what your mother didn't do, or you're comparing yourself to to, you know, the Joneses next door, and you're comparing yourself to these other people, or you're comparing yourself to the fantasies that you had before you had kids and didn't realize how hard it was going to be, right? But, but you've got these standards, and you keep working, and you're, and you're trying to, like, pay penance, and you're trying to work it off, and you're trying to justify yourself by how good you mother your children. And I just want to encourage you that the good news of the gospel is that you're justified before God because of what Jesus did for you, not by how perfect a mother you are. And you will mother well as, as you begin to feel free of that guilt. As you begin to realize that God loved you because of his grace, not because of your perfection as a mother. And, and that may sound like a scary idea, right? Because you think, well, if I, if I think God loves me no matter what, then I might just give up completely. What's, what's amazing is that it has the opposite effect. Is as you understand how much God loves you, it begins to transform you so that you can love other people. You're then free of the obsession with self, and you're free to love other people. And that's, that's the way the gospel works. So I want to encourage you that, that Jesus labored for you so that we can labor for others, so that we can serve others. Again, not just mothers, but Paul's applying this to the, to the church, to God's people, sharing the message with those that don't know it. We, we labor on behalf of others because God labored for us, because he loved us first. Well, as we close, I wanted to share a little story I found as we were... Uh, I was just looking up, sometimes I'll look up, you know, little illustrations to try to find if there's anything interesting I can find online. I found this one story about uh, this family that had a birthday party. He turned seven, and they got to go to Chuck E. Cheese. It was just a few years ago. 
had a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, seven-year-old birthday, and after all the presents and after the party was over, um, mom packed up her van with the presents and headed home. Grandma packed up her car and, and headed another direction, and uh, poor little Johnny just got left there at Chuck E. Cheese. They, they forgot their kid. Uh, they forgot him there. The, the guest of honor, right? I mean, the birthday boy. He was the one they were celebrating, and then in the next moment, they forgot him. Um, just so you know, the story ended happily. They called the police, and charges were not pressed, and, and Johnny was reunited to his family. But it, but it reminded me again of that, that verse in Isaiah 49. It says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Again, the, que- the answer to the question is supposed to be no. No, she can't forget him. But sometimes we do, right? Some, sometimes we fail. A lot of times we fail. But God says, Though she may forget, I will not forget you. That is God's promise to us. Though we may forget, God will never forget us. And in the very next verse, he says, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Jesus paid for you. He proved his love for you. He demonstrated his love in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love to us. I pray for those of us this morning that are, that are struggling with guilt, with difficult memories, with whatever it may be, that we can lay that down at your feet, that we can accept the free grace and forgiveness that you have for us, that you desire to feed us and nurture us and to take care of us. We thank you for giving us mothers. I want to thank you for a wonderful wife and mother and mother-in-law that give me a picture of your unconditional love. Lord, I pray that we would be an entire church of people that demonstrate your love to the world as we love the way you loved us first. We pray in Jesus' name.